in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So on this week's episode, Mark Jackson takes on as guest co-host. Mark, welcome aboard. Gene, thanks for having me. I'm uh, always happy to sit in and I'm really excited about this week's guest. We'll talk about our guest, Brooks Agnew, in just a moment. But I wanted to mention last week's episode, which I thought was interesting in a number of ways. That was with Tim Swartz, who, of course, writes a lot of interesting books in the paranormal, working with Tim Beckley. And it was interesting about the comments we had from listeners. And a few wondered, well, this guy says he's got some Emmys. Did he really get those Emmys? I think that's part of the skepticism we see in the field where some people claim to have different credentials. And those credentials are totally fake or partly fake. And guess what? His Emmys, as he kind of admitted on the show or acknowledged, were mostly for production work, videography, that kind of thing, not for being an actor or a producer or a director. And what Tim finally did was to post in our forums a photo of two of the Emmys. I think that discussion ended very quickly. Mm. Good follow, Gene. And, and also, in light of that, I, there's, a, there's a component of synchronicity at play here because, you know, as you and Randall were talking to Tim last week and the Hall of Worth came up, simultaneously, and unbeknownst to me, I was uh, speaking and coordinating with Brooks on this very subject. Uh, I think this is a great way to connect the two shows where last week we went pretty far out on the speculation limb uh, in terms of the whole idea of the hollow earth and the, the idea and the, the data that supports it. But I'd really like to, and pun intended here, drill down with Brooks into the actual science that supports it as well. And I think this is a great opportunity for our listeners to get some of the lore, and then we can drive into some of the data. And so in that way, I'm appreciating the synchronicity this way. Thank you both for being here, Gene and, and uh, Brooks. My pleasure. Good to be here. Thanks, guys. Now, as our listeners know, my exposure to Hollow Earth lore comes from a couple of different places. So, for example, the fantasy sci-fi writer Edgar Rice Burroughs, who did Tarzan, of course, he wrote a series of novels about Pellucidor, a civilization that existed beyond the poles in the Hollow Earth. And he based that on works about Hollow Earth that preceded him. He mentioned them in the framing or opening sequence of his book. We had, of course, Ray Palmer who was well-known in the UFO field. He was the co-founder of Fate Magazine. And, of course, when he had the position of editor of Amazing Stories, he brought on Richard Shaver, who claimed to have met up with creatures within the Earth in caverns, the Deros and Tiros. And, of course, that goes back to legends of Lemuria and legends of some kind of catastrophe in ancient times where some people left our planet. But Palmer really went full square on it because he picked up on all the stories about the hollow earth and ran them in Flying Saucers magazine. And he even ran a photo, I think it was a weather photo or something, I don't know if you saw it, Mark, where it looked like we were seeing a hollow earth. Of course, it looked more like cloud formations, but, oh, this is the hollow earth. It is real. You can travel beyond the holes and find this entrance. Now, in Pellucidor, they use a balloon. Then we have the stories, of course, about Admiral Byrd about allegedly discovering the hollow earth, the land beyond the poles, the hole at the poles, whatever they are. 
Of course, that was highly disputed, but Tim Swartz wrote one or two books about that subject, exploring it. So that's where we kind of got into this. And I was reading the information that Mark had posted about you, Brooks Agnew, and you have a very, very interesting scientific background. And maybe before we get into the subject, tell us how you got started and what kind of work you do. I'm a scientist and I work in the engineering field. I have specialized in three different industries. One is high-speed manufacturing, all kinds, automobile and automobile parts. Also chemical engineering for uh, polymers and for fuels and things like that. And the other is uh, electronic power systems like for electric vehicles. So that's been my three areas of expertise. In 2001, I was giving a lecture I mentioned something about the speed of light and astrophysics and different things like that. And this woman approached me after the talk and said, hey, I got an idea for a book on the creation of the Earth. And I said, well, that's nice. You know, good good luck with that. She said, well, I have some drawings I want to show you and see if you know what they are. And she showed me and I said, well, that kind of looks like a particle accelerator. That kind of looks like a radio antenna. This looks like some kind of electrical intensifier or amplifier. And she said, well, that's what I thought, too. But uh, these drawings are 5000 years old. Well, that got my interest. So long story short is we wrote a series of books called The Ark of Millions of Years. This is what Noah called his ship, The Ark of Millions of Years. It was a nonfiction book. It was designed to delve into the advent of what was going to take place in about 10 years, which was the advent of 2012. We had, of course, the catalyst of what the Mayans had uh, written about, but we had 44 ancient cultures that had an idea that the earth was really made of two parts. It was made of a a high energy part and a low energy part. They called it the spirit matter and temporal matter or higher earth and lower earth. And even in Genesis, it talks about the creation of a higher atom and a lower atom. The reason that all these cultures spent so much time and so much effort meticulously telling this story is that sometime at the end of the age, which according to the Mayans was the year 2012, the two Earths would begin to come back apart. In all of this, there was this idea that there was a life force with which humanity had a symbiotic relationship that came from the inner Earth. Uh, I guess it was around 2001, 2002, somebody handed me a book. I don't know. I think it was called Our Hollow Earth. And I read it, and I was amused, and I put it on the shelf and really didn't think about it again until the first book came out. It came out in 2004. It was originally 1,000 pages, and we trimmed it back to 560 at the uh, pleadings of our publisher, which we did. And when it got published, I I told my co-author, E.J. Clark, look, You buy five copies, I'll buy five copies, and we'll say, hey, you know, we're authors. We did it. We didn't realize three months later that that book turned into a bestseller. We made a ton of money on that book. I didn't know people were interested in this stuff, but wow, were we surprised. So we took the profits from that book, and we decided to travel the world and continue the study until it was four volumes, 2,000 pages. It was really the most comprehensive set of nonfiction books ever done on the origin and destiny of the earth. 
So that's how I got involved in this space. Now, I still wasn't a big, you know, hollow earth proponent. I wasn't a believer. I wasn't a follower. I wasn't a convert. But long about 2006, a couple things happened in the space exploration realm that kind of changed everything. One was the Elcon mission. The Elcon mission was a lunar space program. It was a lunar orbiter that surveyed the surface of the moon for a while. And then it dropped a very heavy, about 500 kilogram slug into the south pole of the moon and of course when it struck it struck at you know a thousand miles an hour or something like that anyway it created a crater and blew a whole bunch of material out into space which we examined from earth with spectrographic instruments and we discovered that there was water ice on the moon but the remarkable thing was the images that this sent back from the moon. It took pictures of the moon, of course, but it wasn't always aimed at the moon. Sometimes it was aimed at the Earth. Before we do that, let me do the break and then we'll go into this. We're looking at evidence, possible evidence of a hollow Earth. Brooks Agnew, our guest co-host this week, is Mark Jackson. It means you're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Okay, so a watch is good, and some jewelry. Better grab some flowers, too. Hey, what you doing? <sighs> Mother's Day, remember? Oh, yeah. So I'm making lists, gotta plan a trip to the store, then need to save all the receipts in case she wants to return. Uh, you know there's an easier way, right? I'm guessing you do? Yes, and I'm gonna show you the easy, quick way to shop for mom, and save 30% at sunshine-pillows.com. Ah, pillows. Mm-hmm. Great idea. Oh, not just pillows. Sunshine-pillows.com has the best selection of custom heated neck wraps and heated neck pillows. She always says she has stress. And aches and pains, right? Look, they have hot and cold therapy products. Ooh, it says we can buy any select combo up to $150 uh-huh. and get 30% off. Yep, just use this promo code MOM30. You know, for a little brother, you're pretty smart. Get something for every mom on your list and save 30% when you spend up to $150 on any select combo. Now through Mother's Day only at sunshine-pillows.com. Use promo code MOM30. Sunshine-Pillows.com, your complete line of therapeutic pillows and pads. 
By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Many people believe they don't control their own destiny because they haven't chosen to take the first step towards the life they've always dreamed of. Let them continue just getting by while you make the choice to do something about your future. Imagine working from home, earning the income you deserve. Start small or dream big. Work part-time or full-time. You choose the pace. Just visit startlivingyoung.com. That's startlivingyoung.com. And click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Discover Juness, a state-of-the-art global health products company that spent five years on the Inc. 5,000 fastest-growing private companies in America list. With over a billion a year in sales, they'll provide all the tools you need to thrive and succeed. And you'll be blown away by how little it takes to get started. Visit StartLivingYoung.com today and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab at the top of the page. 2019 will be the year your new life begins. Your destiny awaits at StartLivingYoung.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Mark Jackson is our guest host. Brooks Agnew is our guest this week. He's also host of X Squared Radio, and we were talking about how they came to discover possible evidence of a hollow earth. Let's get more into that, Brooks. Sure. Well, as it turns out, one of these uh, space programs generated an image of Earth from space, and it showed auroras over both poles at the same time. Well, that is not what we understood was the origin of these auroras. We thought the auroras were caused by solar wind. And the wind only blows on one side of the planet at a time, you know, depending on whether it's winter or summer. And because of our Earth, it's built toward the sun or away from the sun, depending on which uh, time of year it is. And that really turned everything upside down. My colleagues down at JPL put together another space program called the Themis program and this uh, basically consisted of a a large nose cone with five satellites inside of it so they launched it the five satellites were put into different orbits and when they lined up with each other they turned the experiment on and they measured the energy of space because they were trying to determine the source the origin of these auroras and what happened was there was an explosion an interdimensional explosion that took place between satellites three and four 
And what happened was the explosion, of course, went out in 360 degrees in all directions, and it passed satellites four and five and went out to space. It passed satellites three, two, one, and when it struck the Earth, boom, there was the aurora. So they published a paper that said the auroras are caused by cosmic bullets. And that was it. That was the end of that program. I wasn't buying it. I said, there's more to this story. There just has to be. So I started investigating a little bit more. I had to switch sciences from a cosmological to geological. Turns out the USGS, which is the United States Geological Survey, it measures earthquakes all the time. You know, the little squiggly lines every time there's an earthquake. What happened was Dr. Y Sessions with Washington University commissioned a grant for his grad students to go through 600,000 seismograms. These are the little squiggly printouts that are done every time there's an earthquake. Well, the seismograms were generated by the listening stations all around the world. So every time there's a big quake, like in Chile or Malaysia or Japan or whatever, the quake thumps the planet. The vibrations go through the globe. They're picked up by listening stations on the other side of the globe. And depending on how long it took to get there and what angle it, it attacked and all these things, they generated information from this. Well, they wrote a program. They crunched the images, and what they came up with was a kind of CAT scan of the Earth. And what they published stunned the world because they said they found another ocean the size of the Arctic Ocean underneath the Atlantic Ocean inside the planet against the crust. They could see the waves crashing on a shore inside the planet. And that really started the ball rolling. That got a lot of people in a lot of different sciences interested. In 2007, the planet underwent very anomalous, a lot of people call it global warming, but it was just kind of a spike in temperature. The Arctic got warm, the wind shifted, a big, huge chunk of ice broke off, and it opened up the Northwest Passage for the first time in, we don't know when, maybe, maybe 20,000 years. The next year, 2008, we were going to do an expedition to the Arctic Circle to see if we could find an opening in the crust. Maybe it was 4,400 meters under the water, but we were just going to look for the opening. Well, as you know, 2008 had something else in mind for the economy, so we didn't go. Hmm. But the National Science Foundation did commit their every five-year grant to go sample rays off the coast of Malaysia. I'm talking about stingrays and manta rays. And as it turns out, rays mutate very easily in the face of environmental stress. Temperature changes, salinity changes, pollution, chemicals in the water. Rays mutate very easily, kind of like tree frogs do in the, in the Amazon. And so they went to survey the rays in 2008. And instead of finding the normal 25 to 50 mutations, they found 1,500 new species. We're not talking about mutations. We're talking about new species, things we have not seen before or and or things we have not seen in a long time, like things we only have seen in fossils, like frilled sharks or dorsal squids or, you know, just 
crazy beasts that we haven't seen, you know, since before man got here, they say. But here they were, alive and well and mature and caught in the nets. And so we realize that maybe these two oceans, the one on the inside or the one on the outside, they're blending. And the sea life is kind of migrating into our ocean. And so that really got us excited about the possibility that not only is the planet hollow, but maybe there is complex life there. Now we switch back to cosmology and we discover shortly thereafter that Pluto isn't a planet after all because it's hollow. And in 2014, this is pretty recent, we discovered, after crunching all the data from a long, long trip around the planet Uranus with a satellite, that there's another planet on the inside of Uranus, a whole other planet on the inside of the gas giant. So all these things that we once thought we knew about the way planets form was all wrong. We thought we lived on a molten ball floating through space, living on tectonic plates, you know, with life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm. And that turns out not to be the case at all. Believe it or not, about that same year, about 2012 to 2014, they started measuring or listening for the frequency of what the core is made out of. And they determined, long story short, that the core is solid iron. That's a little bit strange because it doesn't exist in nature that way. I don't know how much time we have in this segment, but there are a couple chemical laws that we find ourselves kind of confused about. One is called the law of partial pressures. If you have, say, a, a bottle of soda and the cap is on tight, and you know there's a little air gap like underneath the cap, and then you have the liquid, right? Well, you can sample that airspace between the cap and the liquid, and it should have a proportional amount of chemicals as the pop has in it. It's called the law of partial pressures. We do that with the earth too. And one of the elements that should be there that's not there is xenon. Xenon's missing. I mean, a lot of it is missing. We should have a certain amount of xenon in our atmosphere and we don't. Brooks Agnew, host of X Squared Radio is with us. And we're talking about what he regards as evidence that the earth is hollow and we're not alone in our solar system on having like almost the equivalent of another world inside what might lie there. Mark is our guest co-host this week. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. 
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. In a surprise turnaround, it looked like a horse named Maximum Security won the Kentucky Derby, but that's not what happened. They disqualified it. They did. So for the first time in the history of the Kentucky Derby, the horse that crossed the line first has been disqualified. After the objection, Country House wins the Kentucky Derby with Flavian Pratt at 65 to 1. With those odds, someone made a bundle. The call, courtesy of NBC Sports. Maximum security was disqualified for interfering with other horses. Illinois officials say one person is dead and two others are missing in an explosion and fire at a chemical plant. The rescue and recovery teams are shoring up the damaged building so they can safely continue their work. This is USA Radio News. Does your business spend $500 a month or more on gas and electric bills? Did you know by making a simple free phone call, you can save up to 25% on your bill every month? What could you do with a 25% savings on utility bills every month? Energy deregulation is now available in your state. Making one simple phone call will show you how we can lower your gas and electric bills instantly. With no changes to your bill and no enrollment fee. This is a free service. The only thing you'll notice is a lower bill every month. Call U.S. Power and Light right now. Learn how easy it is to lower your utility bills for your business and save money. We promise. So if you spend over $500 a month on your gas and electric bills, please call right now and unleash your savings. 800-941-3381. 800-941-3381. That's 800-941-3381. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal. And you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Brooks. We're just listening. We want to get a handle on the evidence you have. 
and then we'll go on. And Mark has some questions for you. He's a geologist, by the way. Uh, so, uh, great. I love it. I like questions. <laughs> uh, Brooks, I, I got to tell you, it's not a coincidence that you're on the show today. <laughs> Before we get too far, I, I got to go back because I think some of our listeners are going to ask a pretty straightforward question. When we had the ice, the big release of the ice sheet you're talking about that allowed the species of rays to communicate with, you know, this upper oceanic layer, and these are brand new species, didn't that help us pinpoint a potential location for that communication conduit between the oceans? Uh, well, pinpoint's kind of a... Yeah, that's broad, but what did it tell us about in terms of general location? Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've got it down to probably 15,000 square miles, which can be done in 15 days that you know we're tracking this and we actually have a spot on the earth where if we were going to visit or you know embark on some sort of adventure that that would probably be the first place that we would go brooks i know that you've been heavily involved with an effort to visit antarctica to prove some of these things maybe you can tell our listeners two things one about the history of what the mainstream scientific view is on the core of the earth and then why it's so important or please transition us into the validation or actually physically going to and that line of evidence would drive us to think that we need a new expedition sure first of all for the record it's not the antarctic it's the arctic i'm sorry thank Uh, you it's two totally different biospheres. The Antarctic is actually a continent that's covered with ice and then the ice you know, spreads out into the sea. And there are lots and lots of projects going on in the Antarctic. The Arctic is, is totally different in that it's kind of an archipelago. That, that is to say, it's a wide open ocean that has a few islands. Typically, when we look at the Arctic, there are two aspects to it. One is what we call red ice, uh, which is permanent ice, ice that lasts through the summer. And then it snows on top of that ice in the winter, and it, it stays pretty much covered in ice all the time. Submarines have sailed under it you know, for 50 years. The reason that this gets interesting is... When we had these these indicators, one, of course, was the rays, and the other was a idea that with this Northwest Passage open for the first time, that it would make an excellent opportunity to go see this area from sea level. It's never been seen from sea level, ever. It, this is a whole new Earth that's never been seen before by human eyes. We've flown over it, but that doesn't count because it's mostly covered by clouds all the time. Nobody's ever covered it on ice because it's just too treacherous. You're talking, these aren't ice sheets like you know you would find on you know Lake Michigan. These are like ice mountains. They push and move all the time, and they're very treacherous. There's just almost no way that any sane person would sled across it. It'd be like trying to sled across an ice sheet the size of the United States, mountains and all. You just couldn't carry enough food to make it that far. Hmm. So the only way to do this is with a nuclear-powered icebreaker. You have to have enough fuel supply, enough weight, and there's only one company in the world that operates those, and that's the Murmansk Shipping Company out of Murmansk, Russia. And that's exactly the ship that we are going to charter. 
the Arctica, which is big enough, heavy enough, and it has an ice-rated hull. It is an icebreaker. It's the biggest icebreaker in the world. It can do this mission. So the thing that really got us excited about this also from another viewpoint is the realization we started measuring our magnetosphere about three years ago from space. We've been measuring it from the Earth, but it's not that easy to do. My ancestor, Sir James Ross, discovered the North Magnetic Pole in 1831, and it was his second try to find it. First one, he lost his ship, but the second time he did find it. Not too hard to find on Earth, but from space, what we realized when we started watching this thing every two hours is that it wobbles a lot. It moves around. And it appears to be moving right now at a rate of about 25 to 30 miles a year toward the Siberian desert. That's like across town. That's, that's a big move. Uh, some people are saying, well, you know, we're getting ready for a pole shift. Well, maybe not. I mean, we've only been looking at it for three or four years, so we don't really have perspective yet. It may oscillate back and forth. What it really does is it opens up a question about the structure of the planet. Now that we know that the Earth has this iron core, and we also know that that iron is cross-linked with xenon, that's where all the missing xenon went to, we know what the frequency, the actual musical tone, let's just call it, of that core is, and all we really needed was a way to duplicate it to prove it. So that's exactly what happened. First, they did it in Japan. Then they did it at Carnegie Science. They built a diamond anvil press. They put iron and xenon in a crucible. They crushed it between the diamonds. Then they shot a laser through it to heat it up to the temperature they think the core exists at. And bingo, they got the same frequency signature. So, And that's been repeated several times and validated. So now we know that the Earth has this spinning solid iron crystal in the center of it, which is, by the way, over 14 grams per cubic centimeter. If that's the case, and we're pretty darn sure it is based on that chemical structure, and we know the diameter of our planet, and we know how far away our planet is from the sun, and we know how long it takes to go around the sun, we know exactly how much the earth weighs from those numbers. The only thing that's off is the diameter of Earth. The diameter of Earth is too big. It's too big for where it is in the orbit, which means there's space between the core and the crust. We know from the geological data that the crust is about 900 miles thick, but the planet is about 7,000 miles thick. So the crust total, 1,800 miles, take that away from 7,100, we have a core we think is somewhere around 15 to 1800 miles in diameter. That leaves a gap. That leaves an air gap between the core and the crust. And this is not a vacuum. This is a biosphere. And it is bathed in white light from the iron crystal, just like a grow light is in your, in your basement. So plants will grow. If you have plants and you have liquid water, I can guarantee you, you there will be life there. Brooks, are you familiar with the work of Thomas Gold by chance in the deep hot biosphere theory? 
I have read a couple of his papers, and it, it yeah. makes sense. If if you're, I mean, humans right now, we could probably take on a routine basis, we can take two hundred, maybe two hundred and fifteen degrees, as long as it's pretty dry. If it's humid, we can take between one hundred and forty and one hundred and fifty, and not for very long, an hour or two at the most. We're just not built for it. But there are other animals that can take that kind of temperature. What uh, Thomas Gold was positing, and he worked closely with the Russians a number of decades ago on a theory called abiogenic hydrocarbons. And for the audience, basically, that's primordial organic material or molecules. Yeah, and well, it's not dinosaurs. We're not talking about dead trees. We're talking about constantly generated hydrocarbons. We're talking about the possibility here. That the earth is hollow and the scientific evidence that our guest Brooks Agnew presents to demonstrate it's a reality. I wanted to let you know, neighbors, that we have some really big surprises coming on the After the Paracast podcast. It's available only, only if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus. For more information, please check out plus.theparacast.com. Once again, that's plus.theparacast.com. Okay, we've got Brooks Agnew with Gene and Mark. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. 
ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no-obligation quote. 1-800-919-5435. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-919-5435. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-919-5435. 1-800-919-5435. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Very well. Brooks Agnew, Mark Jackson, our guest co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg, and we're talking here about the evidence that appears to point to a hollow earth. Brooks, go ahead, please. When we talk about uh, science, one of the things that we do is we come up with a hypothesis, and then we try to design experiments to either prove or disprove that hypothesis. And if we can't disprove it, then you know it can eventually become a theory. We've been talking about hollow earth for a long, long time. I think Sir Edmund Halley first did it in 1629. Then there were some stories written about it, and then we had several individuals who tried to search for it. Admiral Byrd flew over it in 1926, and there were rumors about what he discovered there. But we don't really have enough solid evidence to support or deny a hypothesis that planets form as hollow spheres. So that doesn't stop science, by the way, not at all. We go ahead and write the textbooks and we teach our kids, hey, this is the kind of world that we live on. And we live on a, on a molten ball and the lava is flowing around on the inside of the planet. And that's what makes the magnetosphere. But we've never been able to validate that ever. The furthest we've drilled into the planet is only eight miles. That's like scratching the tabletop. It's not even close to getting an idea. But when you take the data from all these different sciences, from space programs, from oceanography, from geology, from atmospheric partial pressure measurements that we're taking all the time with aircraft, we have enough data that we can pretty much throw out that original model of Earth, which means now we have a clean slate and we have some evidence 
that points in the direction that planets may actually form as hollow spheres instead of solid balls. Let's draw an analog. And so how deep into the Earth can life from the surface exist? And where does that transition take place? Of course, at the bottom of the oceans, we have the black smokers where they have uh, hydrocarbons available to them, specifically methane. Um, and there's an entire ecosystem built around the methane seats at the bottom of these oceans. Okay, so what a lot of the listeners or audience may not have been exposed to is the fact that stars produce methane, or in other words, they produce organic molecules as much as they form, you know, silica and, and all the other elements sure. that we find in our, in our Earth. Okay, yeah. so when the planets are formed, part of the accretion composition, in other words, there's a portion of the Earth that is made up of what we would call that primordial methane or that abiogenic methane. So as the earth kind of uh, churns, uh, for lack of a better term, because as you pointed, you know, Brooks, we don't really know what happens in the inner of the earth. But what we do have proof of is that the earth is constantly off-gassing methane into the environment. And the evidence for this is things like mud volcanoes and deserts where we'll have, uh, you know, methane seeps, etc. So we know that there is a very deep food source for life within the earth that is completely separate ecosystem from that of photosynthesis. Brooks? Yeah, I was in the oil and gas industry for a while. Um, I helped develop the ground probing radar, which, uh, which searches for uh, petroliferous zones in the ground. Oil is just, you know, long chain, unsaturated hydrocarbons. So you got methane which is a ch3 and then ethane and then propane and then you know you can just keep going up and then you start forming double bonds and triple bonds so you get ethene and uh, propylene and all these different chemicals and before long you've formed with pressure and uh, some catalytic action you have formed long chain hydrocarbons which is what we pump out of the ground as crude oil some of its light sweet crude and some of it's you know black sludge and it has to go through various chemical properties to break it down into components that we can use to make solvents and dyes and fibers and polymers and monomers and all that stuff but that's basically the lifeblood of energy on our planet and it did not come from dinosaurs and it may have come a little bit from algae but but mostly you're exactly right it's being generated by geological processes inside the planet and again if we're having this off-gassing of methane throughout the evolution or or just the, the processes within the earth again the point is is that there is a very rich food source even independent again of photosynthesis where a hollow earth uh, ecology could exist as you stated brooks when you add in the photons that are generated from such a dense iron crystal we have a very, very, very rich environment with all of the necessary uh, elements to sustain not just single-celled organ organisms, but a tier of multi-cellular you know, uh, organisms, let alone even more multi and complex organisms. That's a very reasonable assumption. And if I could just jump back into geology just for a minute, we know uh, from our, our research that Earth and several of the other planets in our solar system are around four and a half billion years old. We've measured all the you know mountain ranges and 
volcanoes, and we, we pretty much know the age of the Earth. The strange thing is that the sea floors, the oldest sea floor on the Earth, is only 50 million years old. The seafloor is a recent addition, and it doesn't take much more than a nine-year-old to see that all the continents of this planet once fit together very nicely. All the continental shelves from Australia all the way to Norway all fit together, all sides all together, which means that the diameter of Earth wasn't always 7,100 miles. At one time, it probably was something around... 2,500 miles, and then the crust expanded and cooled and slowed down. If the crust expanded away from the core, then according to the law of conservation of momentum, the crust slowed down and the core stayed at its original RPM, which means we have a counter-rotation or at least a differential between the core and the crust, and that's what's generating the magnetosphere. And it explains why it wobbles, because both bodies are obeying the Coriolis effect. They both have forces that are working perpendicular to the field of rotation. And that's why our north magnetic pole is moving all the time. And that's why the magnetosphere of Earth undulates all the time. Let me cut to the chase here because we're getting to a lot of scientific information some listeners might find, you know, not quite as exciting. What? At the end of the, well, you know, <laughs> you know how that works. We got a couple of scientists here, broken mark. But let's look at the practical aspects of this. We have these legends of civilizations beyond the earth within the hollow earth. So a civilization like depicted in Pellucidor or any of the depictions of living beings inside the Earth, humans surviving there. Is that possible? Well, how about something more contemporary? How about 150 million people who have witnessed unidentified flying objects flying around our planet right now, today? And you have to wonder, okay, wait, I'm seeing them everywhere from Pakistan to California. Where do they go when they're not flying around the sky? And by the way, I think, at least is my opinion about UFOs, they're as present as they want to be. And if they wanted to be more present, there isn't anything we could do about it. But if there are all these uh, sightings going on all the time, every day, all around the world, these craft have to come from somewhere. They have to park somewhere. And there are only two places on the planet that you can park unobserved by satellites, and that's on the bottom of the sea or inside the planet. Yeah, I've always been a big proponent, Brooks, of the notion that if we let's entertain UFOs, if these are advanced craft, did they come here from you know millions of light years away, or are they some sort of remnant or breakaway civilization that had reached some advancement in their civilization? then was humbled through what we now know in, in science is a very cyclical, cataclysmic Earth, okay? And so we've been reset many times on this planet. So for me, it's just much more likely for me to believe that there was a civilization in the past that, that achieved a certain amount, they realized that they're not compatible, 
and maybe they reside exactly like you're saying at the bottom of the ocean caverns middle of the earth etc but i'm i'd lean more onto that than i do the actual you know zeta reticuli type we got a lot more to come with brooks mark and gene you're in the paracast listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Oh, by the way, as our listeners know, we have a special feature here that we offer. A premium service called Paracast Plus. And what we offer there is a version of this show free of the network ads with enhanced audio. And also the After the Paracast podcast. We never know what's going to happen next. It could be just you know, kind of a Monday morning quarterback thing, or we continue the interview. That began on the regular episode of the Paracast with more things to talk about. And Brooks Agnew has consented, despite everything and despite every reason not to, to join us on After the Paracast this week. Mark, let's continue with some of the questioning here because we're trying to put in practical sense here. Let's dig into the, the forum question bank, Brooks. So on our forum, of course, uh, that's where we interact with our audience, and they usually come up with some great questions. And 
I encourage you to check out the forum if you'd like to, to start a dust up or, or enlighten us uh, anytime. But more specifically here from Randall at USI Calgary, uh, Randall's asking very specifically, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's very scientific minded, but in a geological cross section of earth, what layer would the hollow earth interior replace or lie between? And, and to follow up to that is, is example, he says, are you just talking about big caves or bases in the upper crust, et cetera. Uh, these would not be uh, big caves, although big caves probably do exist. I've been to Carlsbad and I've been to Tibet and I've been all over Mammoth Cave. But these are way, way, way up near the surface. The deepest uh, caves that we know of, even the deepest mines that we know of, are only about a mile and a half uh, down in the ground. So we're talking a solid crust, somewhat solid of 900 to to 1,000 miles thick. And this is where all of the magma exists. Everything that feeds the volcanoes that we see, this is a gravity, a center of gravity body by itself. It has a tremendous amount of mass and it revolves around the same axis that the core does, but at a different speed. It's mostly made of iron and uh, silica, and the core is made of just iron and xenon. So once you get to about 900 to 1,000 miles in, depending on whether you're on a mountain range or in a valley on the inside of the planet, then it's going to be open air. And I don't mean vacuum. I mean like atmosphere. Brooks, how is that possible, though? Because... You know, the pressures at the earth, we would need a very porous system to have one bar of pressure at such a depth. So could you explain that? Yeah. If you look at Newton's laws, for instance, he states the physics two ways. One, he calls it thin shell physics, which is just like a, a sphere that's uh, very thin glass, let's say. Uh, when you get on the inside, the gravity all cancels itself out. So everything on the inside of the sphere is weightless. His thick shell physics, which would be more like what a planet would look like, is just an extrapolation of thin shell physics. He didn't have any way of gathering any, any data either, but he extrapolated that. So we, what we do in physics when we can't actually go somewhere and do something like for instance, we can't travel at the speed of light, we create thought experiments. So if I were to put the two of you, wherever you are, in an elevator, and I sat you in a chair in the elevator, elevator and that chair sat on a, on a scale, I would know exactly how much you weighed in that elevator. Now, if that elevator shaft went all the way to the center of the earth, and I started that elevator going down into the center of the earth, as you approached the center of the earth, what would you imagine your weight would do on the scale? Well, you're closer to a more massive body, so you would think that the gravitation, if you believe in the gravitational theory versus electromagnetics, right, that this would be a crushing pressure to you just simply due the proximity of such a massive object. Well, that, that's a good assumption. But if once you're in the center, the, all the mass of the Earth is above you. You're no longer accelerating. Touche, Brooks. That's percent. right. Yep. You would actually, once you reach the center, you would be at zero, whereas you would no longer be accelerating toward the center of the earth, which we are right now. We just 
fortunately, are sitting on a floor, so we're not falling. But theoretically, we are falling at 32 feet per second. So we did the calculations of what the mass of the crust would have to be. And based on those uh, gravitational acceleration formulas, we calculated that if you were standing on the inside of the crust, say a thousand miles below where I'm sitting on the outside of the earth now, instead of accelerating toward the center of the earth, I would be accelerating toward the center of the crust or up at the rate of about 21 feet per second. So I'd weigh about a third less than I weigh right now. And that's exactly the kind of gravitational environment that we would expect giantism to occur because you'd have a whole lot less stress on any kind of structure, whether whether it's calcium for bones or whether it's cellulose for plants, you'd have a lot less stress. Things would grow much bigger because they would not have the gravity to pull them back down to the earth. A couple other things would be missing. Weather would be missing. Seasons would be missing. Ultraviolet radiation would be missing. All the things that make the surface a hazardous place to live. Humans only spend about 15% of their time outside. The rest of the time, we're sheltered. We have to be. We can't stay outside. We won't live beyond the age of about 30 or 35. Animals, on the other hand, are built for it. Then they don't live much beyond 30 or 35 unless you're an elephant or a whale. Mm. Mm. So, so, Brooks, if you were to speculate on a civilization, let's go way out on the speculation brands here for a minute. So many people believe that there's a, a variety of different um, species you know you can you know think of your reptilians you, you've mentioned the crafts have to go somewhere to land etc okay can you describe a little bit for us what you think is really going on with these subterranean species if in fact that that's a reality mm. well you use a word that i don't use very often and that is believe i mean i have faith in certain things but speculate when, when it comes to science i don't believe in chemistry i know it but I don't believe in it. I need proof. I need data. I need a bone. I need a chip. I need a, yeah. some kind of sample. And it has to be repeatable and it has to be uh, validated by others so that I'm not sitting here making it up like a lot of uh, channelers do. But you kind of, you know, hit on the little boy inside me that, you know, the old Flash Gordon uh, imagination. I, I will say that if there is space there that isn't completely inhospitable, there will be life there. And it, it could be, as you said, mankind has had several zeniths on this planet. Uh, we don't have to go very far in history, and we don't have really access to a whole lot of history. Maybe going back ten or 15,000 years, that's about it. Yeah. But we know mankind, or at least some version of a humanoid uh, being could have existed on this planet for 500,000 years, maybe 5 million years. That's a lot longer than what we've experienced, and we just don't have any record of it. We know of the Vimana, and we know of the Vedas because we have all the records, but for all those records and all the exploration, all the poking around in various tombs for various treasures, we haven't found one single ship parked in a garage or crashed in the jungle anywhere. 
somewhere out there, this stuff has to exist. And that's another reason why we wanted to do the expedition to the Arctic, because we figured if we could get the right scientists in the right frame of mind on that icebreaker 500 miles from the next cell phone, we would be the only consciousness signal on the sea. Hey, we got a break here, and we're going to find out more about that before I become unconscious. That's a very, very bad joke. (laughs) Brooks, Gene, and Mark, you're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Timeshares, what do you think of when you hear that? For many people, all they hear is the constant reminder of how they were misled, lied to, and pressured into buying one of these financial nightmares. This is Steve Sanchez, and if you have a timeshare that you want out of, Wesley Financial Group, the leading timeshare cancellations company, can help you do just that, guaranteed. Founded by Chuck McDell, a pioneer in this industry who successfully went to federal court against the timeshare giant to help you get out of the prison sentence you're serving from the endless, lifelong maintenance fees. Wesley Financial Group wants you to know that you're not alone in your bed and their high ratings with the Better Business Bureau and endless testimonials from millions of dollars they have successfully eliminated from timeshare debt from people just like you makes them the obvious choice to cancel your timeshare. Did I mention their guarantee? Well, it's in writing and they get the job done on time or you get 100% of your money back. Call now for their free information kit at 1-800-501-6100. 1-800-501-6100 or visit them at timesharecancellations.com. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live-underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional, off-the-grid mobile survival bug-out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. 
Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the Alt-Left Sanctuary State until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. You know, I was thinking here to kind of get back to all this and the Hollow Earth lore before we get to the science again. The alleged voyage or voyages of Admiral Byrd beyond the poles or whatever. Did that really happen? It's been disputed. It has been disputed. And I have actually looked at the philology of the uh, reported diaries. And I have found that the uh, philology is the study of language structure, how a person speaks, how they put words together, how they express themselves. And I have found from my studies that Admiral Byrd's films where I can see him talking and the way he puts words together, the way he expresses himself is quite a bit different than what was written in the diaries. So I have associates, not the least of which is Al Bielik and others who have swear that those diaries are genuine, but I cannot validate it. And I just, I just can't sign off on it. That's why we need to have our own evidence, independent, with real scientists, with real instruments. Let's just go and see. We should not be afraid to go see anything on our planet. Let me ask you a question here, though. Do you think if you try to do such a trip, the powers that be might stop you or what? Well, I don't know who the powers that be are, but... It's Russian territory. It's a Russian shipping company. And all my meetings with them, they are overjoyed to do this expedition. All we need is the money to pull it off. It's about $3 million expedition. And the way we want to do it, we will be filming live from the deck of the ship with four cameras at all times. There'll be other cameras doing recordings, but we'll be broadcasting live with four cameras. So it'll be four channel reality program for 15 days. I think we can get enough people watching for five or six bucks, the pay-per-view that we could pay for that expedition. But uh, first of all, we got to find the benefactor. I, I just think this is the way to do it. Brooks, if you were to embark, give us a short list. And, and these, this doesn't need to be the secret college of scientists that you know would not like to be named, but if you had your top five folks that you would have on that ship with you, who would it be? Well, that's a really good question. Uh, we actually had about 2,000 applicants 
for 125 seats. And uh, we had, and we just cut it off because it was just too many people. But we would probably bring Elizabeth Williams with Stanford University, who's a PhD is in uh, uh, plate tectonics. We would probably bring uh, a team from Carnegie Science, from Cambridge, from Washington University. Uh, these would be small teams, usually a associate professor and a couple grad students. Because if the grad students die, nobody cares. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. That's not true. Uh, but you know, 125 seats, and then we got to have uh, room for the people that do the film, the people that catalog all the evidence. We say that's about 30 people. So we're talking about, you know, 95 people out of the 2,000 applicants that we had, and we have. Uh, we want to bring enough variety so we can check the crystallinity of the seawater. We have designed what we call a sea dart because the sea is 4,400 meters deep. We can't bring a cable 12,000 feet long to send a, a, a little sub down on the bottom to get samples. That's just not possible. So we designed a sea dart. The sea dart, we launch it, and it basically falls to the bottom of the sea. It sticks itself in the bottom, takes a sample, and then inflates an airbag and floats back to the surface. It takes about four or four and a half hours for this thing to make a round trip. When it comes to the surface, we can grab it, we can bring it to the boat, and we can get all the information that it's collected. And the only way that you can get real-time data is to actually run a cable all the way down there. And that's just not possible in that kind of sea. We're talking the roughest oceans on Earth, 10-story seas. It's, this is not an easy thing to do. You need a big ship and you need people that don't get seasick very well or very often. It's, it's going to be tough. It, you know, we're going to do 10 to 12, maybe 15,000 square miles. In 15 days, there's a helicopter on the ship so we can scout ahead and maybe the opening comes all the way to the surface. We don't know. We just don't know. Mm -hmm. We think that we're probably looking at a pretty good size sea vent, maybe 500 or 1,000 feet across, or maybe bigger. It could be 2,000 feet across. We don't know. We just we can't see it from space because it's under the ice. We can't. Uh, see it from the ocean because no one has ever sailed these waters before. If you picture an opening at the surface of the earth that actually goes into the, the upper mantle, we're talking about an extreme pressure and temperature gradient. That gradient is going to cause a flow of water. You know, we're going to get an actual flow across this gradient. Is there any data that supports this notion of an upwelling or for that matter, a downwelling into this opening? You know, that's a good question. We interviewed a rear admiral, and we also interviewed a, a corpsman from a submarine that had done several polar ice trips under the ice. And we asked them about, you know, what they could tell us. And I, I told them, I have maritime records going back to the 16 and 1700s, because in those days, ships used to leave the old world. They'd sail to the new world, but they didn't sail by themselves. They sailed in groups of two or three, and they didn't sail right next to each other. They sailed about six to seven miles apart, so they could see each other, but they didn't worry about running into each other at night or in the fog. What the maritime record records is that from time to time, one of these ships would disappear. And they would disappear for like two days. And then 
they would show back up again, right where they're supposed to be. What we suppose from the record is a phenomenon we call the oceanic depression. This is an area where sea level is not quite sea level. It's like a bowl. Mm. And so I asked the corpsman and I asked the rear admiral what they thought this anomaly was caused by. And they said, yeah, they're familiar with it. The rear admiral said, well, we think that these are areas of the planet where gravity is more intense. So it's pulling the ocean down maybe 20 or 30 feet, which is not much. But and you can't see it unless you're sailing side by side then you can see a ship disappear and come back. Oh, up. It's an artificial horizon, right? It creates an artificial horizon. That's correct. That's okay. exactly right. And I said, well, would you entertain another idea that these are areas of the planet where the gravitational pull is actually less, not more. And the surrounding gravity is pulling the water away from that opening. And he said, you know, I, we never thought about it that way, but, Brooks, you would have a lack of mass in the middle. Therefore, you would have gravity pulling towards the mass that exists at the rim. That's the way we understand Got it. the okay. acceleration formula. I want to cover a few things here when we get to our next segment. Brooks Agnew, Gene Steinberg, Mark Jackson, you're in. The Paracast. For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, May 31st to June 3rd for the Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, an epic weekend of exploration into ancient aliens, human origins, crop circles, and UFO sightings. More than 100 lectures, panels, workshops, and events with leading experts like Giorgio Sukalos, David Wilcock, Linda Moulton Howe, Eric Von Doniken, Doc Wallach, and so many more. Get your tickets today at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact, contactinthedesert.com. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. USA Radio News with Wendy King. A charter flight from Cuba veered off a runway at Naval Air Station Jacksonville in Florida. It came to rest in the St. John's River. 143 people were aboard. 21 people were treated for injuries. WJAX TV reporter. Crews are trying to prevent fuel from the plane leaking into the St. John's River. That's a big concern right now. Crews have been out here for hours. And we expect this to continue well into the morning. Um, once they uh, get this situation under control, then the process moves towards removing the plane from the St. John's River. The plane was carrying military personnel and civilians from Guantanamo Bay in Cuba. A huge explosion and fire has happened at a silicone plant in Waukegan, Illinois. At least four people were hospitalized, and one person is confirmed dead. This is USA Radio News. Hey, travelers! 
Do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first class tickets. 800-871-3291. 800-871-3291. Again, that's 800-871-3291. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Excellent. Here we go with Brooks Agnew, Gene, and Mark. You know, Brooks, I'm just wondering here, we're talking about a not very expensive expedition, at least as far as government money is concerned, if they were willing to put something into it. Don't you think this might have been done already? Well, if they have, they haven't published a word about it. I will, I'm not trying to, to uh, make myself any more important than, than I probably am, but uh, I probably have the largest collection of hollow earth data of any person ever in the history of the world. Because of the internet and because of the 10 years that I've worked on this and the fact that I'm the, you know, leader of the North Pole Inner Earth Expedition, uh, and I have not seen where someone else has sailed these waters, unless you want to count books like The Smoky God or something like that. But they're interesting stories. They may actually turn out to be true, but, you know, they didn't have cameras in those days, and he didn't bring back a sample of anything with him. Well, on the other hand, if the government even discovered this, any government... We would think they might keep it a secret. Oh, surely not. If the government did it, they would tell us everything about it, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the whole disclosure. Brooks, I, wait, wait. This is a great segment and segue into another topic that you speak a lot about. So let's stay on this government topic for a moment, but let's tilt the axis of the earth. Let's go down to Antarctica. 
there is a lot of political activity, heads of state, et cetera, that are visiting Antarctica for what I can only assume are obviously secret reasons, uh, you know, based on the, 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 the hierarchy of people that have visited that. So we're talking about breakaway civilizations, potentially UFO bases, X, Y, and Z, hollow earth. But let's get down to Antarctica because the last few years, I got to tell you, Antarctica has been such a dust up with misinformation and stories all the way from Armstrong to John Kerry, et cetera. But what the heck is going on in Antarctica, Brooks? Well, that is a, that's a really good question. I have a friend who, uh, uh, we speak on the same, uh, tour a lot and he just got back from a trip down there. Uh, I don't know if you know who, uh, I think his name is Brad Owen. I want to, I want to get his name right. I've been working already for 12 hours today. So his name escapes me, but, uh, he just got back from Antarctica. He spent 14 days and he asked, of course, he was down there at the end of the season. People were packing up, getting ready to leave out of there. And he asked everybody about, you know, ships, about, uh, you know, underground complexes. And nobody had any information on that. They'd all heard the stories, but, but nobody had uh, any information about that. So I don't know. But it is very strange to see that. You know, the Secretary of State, the science, uh, head of science for the Vatican, uh, you know, different uh, uh, people, world leaders around the world all went down to Antarctica during a, a uh, short period of time. And I don't think nobody thinks they went down there just to see the penguins. Right. Some, something's going on. Care to speculate? Well. In, uh, in my book series called The Birth Trilogy, we talk about an ancient intelligence that has existed on the earth for a long, long time, maybe a couple hundred thousand years, sent here to watch over the early race of man to make sure that they didn't shoot themselves in the foot and go extinct, but ended up having sexual relations with earth women and birthing a race of giants and various hybrids for which the earth had to go through a cataclysmic cleansing, so to speak, in order to set things right again. And we believe that that intelligence is still on the earth and that it still has the same goal that it originally had, which is to capture all the souls of every living being on this planet. Unfortunately, I guess there are rules they can't just do it. I mean, yes, they're immensely intelligent and very powerful and may actually even be immortal, but they can't just capture us because we die and then we come back, but we progress anyway. We kind of spiritually slip through their fingers unless we choose of our own free will and choice to join their ranks. If we choose to become dark, if we choose to become evil, then they have us. So if you look at the way the earth has been treated, the things that it has gone through in the last couple hundred years, you will see this very straight line, long game thinking pattern that seems to support the idea that these ancient intelligences have been here all along 
and they haven't changed the game at all. The players have changed, but the game is exactly the same. The plan is exactly the same. And the theory is, the thought, the popular thought is that these world leaders went down there to see that intelligence directly. Well, other researchers support this, Nick Redfern and others talk about this ancient, you know, entity. But this isn't your speculation. I understand that you had compiled a research team that delved very deeply into the Olmec, Tolmec lore. And there's a lot of continuity between that very notion and some of the very origin stories on the planet. Is there not? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And if we go back to just go to Genesis, most people are familiar with that. You can see in very short order mankind gets itself crossways with these watchers or fallen angels or uh these immortals and early man has to go to war with these beings and their followers several times throughout history and i mean you know brad olson does a does a fantastic job not only knowing about that and exploring and writing about all these ancient things as well. He actually, you know, braved it and went to Antarctica himself to try to find the evidence. And all he found were more questions. Hmm. Hmm. Let's go back to, and I think that we're on a, we're in a good space where I'd like to return to kind of where we started here. Now that we're talking about some of the more etherical uh, uh, speculations and, and more of the spiritual aspects of our existence and reality. But you mentioned at the beginning of the show something about two Earths and about the Earth separating at some point. Can you, and I've heard you in previous uh, interviews, can you please give us the analogy of the bucket full of marbles and explain to the audience this theory of two Earths, please? Yeah, sure. People, you know, when, when I say that we have two Earths occupying the same space at the same time, they ask the question, you know, how can that be? And what we're talking about is two different energy levels of matter, a higher vibrational matter and a lower vibrational matter. And I likened it to having a five-gallon bucket. You fill the five-gallon bucket with glass marbles. Obviously, these are low-energy matter. They don't I mean, there's a lot of space between the marbles. You could fill the bucket, but if sooner or later, you're going to get right to the brim and you can't fit another marble in it. But you can take another bucket of water and you can pour it into the same bucket and it will fill in all the spaces between the glass marbles. So you have two phases of matter occupying the same bucket at the same time. I can tell you right now that Earth, as dense as it is, we speculate it is somewhere around one to two grams per cubic centimeter, except for the core itself. A neutrino can travel through a light year of solid Earth and not hit anything. That's how much space there is in the matter that makes up Earth. Now, space if, is not the final frontier, or is yeah. it? Bad joke. Yeah. We're going to do our break now. Brooks Agnew, fascinating tale, a fascinating journey into the other earth with Mark Jean and Brooks. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state, until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-985-1610. 800-985-1610. That's 800-985-1610. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp-made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. 
This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. You know, Brooke, if you continue that, you might actually find a full-time job saying that. I'm kidding. (laughs) You know, we're exploring here the possibilities of a hollow earth, not from a fanciful viewpoint, but as to whether it's a real possibility. Now, we're seeing here the scientific possibilities. All these people who are writing about this, Walter Siegmeister, known as Dr. Raymond Bernard, all these people... Did they just latch on to the same thing or just look at the various legends and make a good guess? Yeah, they start with the various legends. Uh, it, it is very difficult to go to all the ancient civilizations and gather all this data. That's why we wrote the Ark of Millions of Years. It was a great place for us to start, too. But we started in 2001 and we didn't finish until uh, 2013. So it was you know a long time writing those books and... You know, many universities use these books as textbooks because there are a lot of pictures, there are a lot of diagrams, there's a lot of lineage tracing and genealogy to pull all these things together and make a coherent study out of it. And the things that I have read, others have written about the hollow earth, um, mostly stem off of dreams or channeling or stories that other people have Uh, written, and then they uh, extrapolate from there. I have tried to stay purely on the science side. And I've been criticized for that because, you know, I'm not a convert, but, but I think it's really the right way to go. Because I think that once we show on camera to the world live something that they have never seen before, It's going to be a community experience that has the power to change our relationship with planet Earth. It it has the ability to change the average reality. I wanted to ask you something here, Brooks, about channelers, about alleged contactees, whatever. They claim to be talking with beings, higher beings, who allegedly come from other planets. If any of this is genuine, Is it that they're being told something that really isn't true to point away from the true origin? Well, all you really have to do is sit with me on any UFO panel, and you will find that's exactly right. If there are nine people on that panel, you have nine different sworn testimonies of the way that our relationship exists with off-worlders or people from other planets or... Uh, various race types like insectoids or reptilians or you know syrians or arcturans and uh, i just try to keep myself separated from that i say if you really want to impress me bring one of them to the next conference and let them come out to the microphone and say hello and everything will change from there so brooks i take it you have no sightings or contactee experience for yourself well, you would take wrong because I, ha- uh, I have seen plenty of UFOs. And when I was up at James Gilliland's uh, place at uh, Trout Lake, Washington, I, of course, couldn't help myself but run an experiment during the day because we'd seen plenty at night. But there's 
just impossible to photograph at night. Although I did uh, put night vision goggles in front of my video camera and I videotaped the Russian supply ship following the International Space Station going overhead, which was really, really fantastic footage. But UFOs are hard to shoot at night because cameras, especially the new uh, digital cameras, they won't focus in on something, you know, 50 miles above you. It's just not going to happen. So what we did is we took daytime shots and we realized very shortly that digital cameras, the chips inside the digital cameras take pictures differently than our eyes see. You look up at the mountain and, you know, the bright blue sunshine day. And you don't see anything but the mountain and blue sky. But you raise your digital camera and you snap a picture. And right there in plain sight on the viewfinder is a ship. Now, it's not a crystal clear ship. The edges around it are kind of fuzzy, but it's definitely a corporal ship, usually in the shape of a cigar or some kind of pyramid or an arrow, something like that. And I tried to explain that one time to somebody. Here's why that happens. Because when you take a digital shot with a camera or with a film camera, what you're doing is taking a cumulative image. So the light that's reflecting off of that object is coming in the lens and the digital camera is actually taking about two or 300 pictures and stacking them one on top of the other. And that's why you can see the ship in the viewfinder, but you can't see it with your naked eye because the rods and cones in your eyes, they don't work that way. They can't see at that vibration, but the camera can see it. So I said, all right, let's run an experiment. I got this ship on my tripod with my camera. I want this woman over here with another brand of camera, basically the same megapixels. I think mine was 12 and hers was 14. Let's set them up and we'll take 10 photographs together aiming at the same thing. And we did. She operated her camera. I operated mine. We took 10 pictures. We downloaded it to the computer, pulled it up, and there was that ship on both cameras, the same size in the same place. Now, that was pretty good science. And we estimated that it was about 500 feet long. We could not see it with the naked eye. Brooks, you know what my next question is, right? Can we see this photo? Absolutely. Where do we find this? Oh, well, I don't publish it, but I do oh, okay. my live presentations, but I'd be happy to send it to you. Well, that would be absolutely intriguing, obviously. Um, if you're so inclined, I think the, the Paracast team would appreciate that. That's great. Okay. I'm in Skype now, so I'll try not to act distracted while I'm pulling that photograph up and sending it to you. But uh, the point is that we have only our five senses to view this universe that we live in. Right. Now we can augment those senses with video and with electronic instruments. And it's a good thing because I like to see electronic proof of something. And I like to see it repeated and validated. That is to say it's done with two instruments multiple times. Then it becomes very real to me. Brooks, have you, do you know who the SCU is, the uh, Scientific uh, Community for Ufology? Is that right, Gene? That's what the SCU stands for, correct? I'm going to verify. You continue talking. Sure. So there are groups, uh, Brooks, of scientists such as yourself, et cetera. Have you, you know, thought about joining these organizations? Have you ever been a party to MUFON, for example? 
you know, at what level of participation are you offering ideas into the larger, you know, ufology sphere? I've been invited to speak at MUFON about a dozen times uh, in the last 10 years. I never turn down an invitation. I always go and speak and I show my pictures and tell my story. Uh, I will be speaking at Contact in the Desert, the 30th through the 2nd, 30th of this month to the 2nd of June in Indian Wells, California. I will be showing my pictures there. I will also be showing the trailer to the birth uh, film of the birth trilogy which is the two earths coming apart we're going to make this into a film into a tv series and people are going to take the birth journey on screen will the proceeds from this go into the advancement of more of your research for example the arctic the journey etc i see no reason why not I have plenty of money and and these I've been doing this as a hobby as a passion for a third of my life I want to see this expedition take place. This is the greatest expedition in the history of the world. I mean, we can't go to the moon or Mars or anything like that, but we can do this. This we can do. It's never been done. I don't know if it will ever be done again, but it will be, it will make every Everest movie you ever saw bore you to death. This will be the greatest expedition in the history of the world. Whoa, uh, I, what a claim. You know, we got just a few seconds left with this segment. And I wanted to answer the question of SCU as a scientific coalition for UAP studies. Thank you, Gene. And, you know, I just do all that research because that's what we're here for, to figure out the answers with the help of Google mm. Mm. or some one of those search engines. Yeah. By the way, we're going to have Brooks with further discussions on After the Paracast, we will also be joined by our ace ufologist, William Puckett, for his regular segment for After the Paracast, again, available exclusively to subscribers of the Paracast Plus, plus.theparacast.com. More to come with Gene Brooks and Mark. You're in The Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great t-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children. Stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour.
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So I was wondering, Brooks Agnew here, you're referring to this as something that's a one-time only event, may never happen again. But I would think here, if you succeed, lots of people would follow you, except if there are intelligent beings there, wouldn't they want to stop you? Uh, it depends. I mean, I think they know uh, what we know, and that is that sooner or later, mankind, and we have progressed very, very rapidly, the last 50 years especially, and I would say the last 10 years, that acceleration almost looks vertical. Our technology and our understanding because of that technology has exploded. I mean, well beyond our wisdom, that's for sure. It's gotten to the point now where world organizations that thought they ruled the world for thousands of years, they're losing their grip on us because we're waking up. We're now able to gather like minds together all over the world instantaneously on programs like yours and even by locating one another and flying to meet one another, which would never have happened 10 years ago, never in a lifetime, we're changing as a human race. The neural network that makes up the, the human psyche on this planet is mutating. It's morphing. It's going through a metamorphosis. For our generation, all this technology is an upgrade. For the next generation, they're hardwired to it, and they will reach much further than we have lofty goals let's go back to the ancient civilizations for a moment brooks i got to get back to the solar theory i have this written down can you please speak to the audience about the interaction between the sun and the earth and what role that plays in this sort of acceleration that we're seeing well it's a big role i mean we're in the solar system of our sun and the sun since uh the early 2010 a time period entered what we call solar cycle 24. Solar cycle 24 is a, a period of about 22, 25 years that we observe as a core alignment of the sun. The, the north and south pole of the sun is going to flip again. It does it about every 11 to 15 years. 
And during that time, we count the number of sunspots, the coronal mass ejections, the uh, magnetic filaments that form and snap. And what happens is the sun sends those high energy particles in about 73 hours from the sun to the earth, and they join up with our atmosphere. That builds up our atmosphere. It adds a lot of uh, bulk to our atmosphere, but it also pours information all over our planet. There are people out there that think that, you know, all the knowledge of the universe is pouring over the earth all the time. That's just not so. The earth is in a different position all the time. It's moving not only through the Milky Way galaxy, but the Milky Way galaxy is also rotating on its axis. The earth is in new space all the time. And in these new space areas, the sun and thus all the planets revolving around this sun are exposed to new information, information stored in the, in the form of waves. And it's also in the form of particles, photons and energetic particles. And as that information comes to the earth, human consciousness becomes aware of it and it expresses it individually different ways in art in music in architecture in science and medicine and chemistry we all get the information and we all express it in a different way it's amazing to watch the patents as they roll into the patent office how similar they are even though they're in different languages and they come from all over the world because everybody's getting the ideas at the same time as we go through these areas of space. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned the beryllium ion modem. One of the things that early physicists who became interested in quantum mechanics discovered is something we call spooky action at a distance. We can, on a molecular basis, split large ions. These are molecules that have charged particles all around them. Uh, the electrons all balance out. It's called the Pauli exclusion principle, in case you want to pass the exam at the end of this broadcast. When we separate the ions, we can then electromagnetically flip the spin of those particles around the half of the ion on one side of the room. And the strange thing is that the ion, even though it's in two pieces, balances that equation by flipping another particle on the other half of the ion instantaneously. And we don't know why, but we do know it does it because it's been repeated millions of times. And so I was talking with Dr. Jim Bell way back in 2009. He ran the Spirit and Opportunity rovers on Mars. And I asked him a question. I said, Jim, you know, I know you got grad students running this program because you're just basically taking soil samples and, you know, analyzing them. What is your biggest challenge right now? And he said, well, the biggest challenge is that, you know, the grad students will put together a program and then they'll broadcast it to Mars. It'll get picked up by the Marsis, which is a, a, an orbiting satellite. That satellite will go around to the side of the Mars where spirit or opportunity is, download the program. The rover will then run the program, get the sample, produce the results, wait for Marsis to come back around, beam it back up to Marsis. Marsis will come around Earthside and broadcast it back to Earth. And it's about an 18 to 24-minute cycle. He said, this makes grad students old before their time. So I said, Jim, why don't you just put beryllium ion modems on the next rover 
and the problem is solved. And he said, what's a beryllium ion modem? I never heard of such a thing. I said, that's because they haven't been invented yet, Jim, but this is how they work. You take that beryllium ion, which is, we know, very stable and can last for hundreds and hundreds of years in that state of stability. You split it and you put half the ion in the rover and you keep half the ion in a bench chamber here on Earth. When the rover gets to Mars, you simply flip the particles on the ion in the bench ion and they will flip instantaneously in the half that's on Mars. Minus a half plus a half, Jim, is a one and a zero. You just created a binary modem that operates subspace at the speed of light. I mean, you can literally make your baud rate the speed of light and it will work instantaneously. That way you can just take a joystick and drive your rover around and you don't need a satellite. And this scales universally, correct? Yes. He said, so when, when is this going to be invented? I said, it doesn't get invented until the year 2032. But here's the deal, Jim. We use it for subspace communication between Earth-sent space projects that go out into space. But the reason it changes everything is the instant we build the modem, we start receiving messages because the ions are also entangled with all the other matter that was generated in the last supernova. And if somebody out there has a modem, you're going to start receiving the first messages from the stars. Well, man, so are you saying that ions come out of the star in pairs or they come out split? Are you just saying inherently anything that comes out of that supernova is in some way relationally dependent on all other matter that came from that same source? C. That's correct. Wow, man. Wow. So we're talking about completely other side of the galaxy. If there's an ion over there, so let me ask you this: How how do you complete the pair? How do you know what other half of the ion is? You have a half an ion. How do you know where the other half, the ion, is? Another, you know, to know where your message is going to be sent, so to speak. Well, you don't. That's why the okay. communication is going to be important. If if math is the universal language and we're communicating in terms of, say, Fibonacci sequences, or now that we know what the E8 lattice is, we're, we're communicating in this universal base language, mm. we should be able to communicate real time with anyone. Anyone that's that intelligent in the universe is already understands what the E8 lattice is. They know what the Gossett polynomial is, and they're going to be communicating along those lines. With Gene, Mark, and Brooks, you're in The Paracast. Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. 
Attack of the Rockoids, and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in his free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call him toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy, says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. Homemakers. Groceries by mail ships free. Try our amazing bacon. It stores in your pantry. No refrigeration required. Our value-added packaging provides a 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Always price less than grocery for your everyday use. Savory and delicious. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Bye now. Now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Well, you know, you won't replace the Everly Brothers. <laughs> well, you didn't like, ask us to sound good, Gene. I would shoot for Oak Ridge Boys. No, I'll shoot for Willie Nelson. Who's gonna shoot Willie Nelson? Stop that! <laughs> Don't shoot for. <laughs> no, this is going great, guys. Excellent. 
You were saying. Well, we were talking about uh, block space, and I, I don't know what block space is, or at least the way you define it. Enlighten me, and maybe I can contribute. Well, this is a, a, a modern theory in uh, physics, essentially where all of the events that take place in our universe are predetermined. So, you know, uh, Michael Masters, the gentleman that wrote this very recent book called Identified Flying Objects, he, he focuses heavily on this notion. And I, I don't think that we'll have time to get into it here. But if folks are interested, this is basically the theory where all of the paths of action are predetermined. The past and the future all coexist at the same time. This is the same phenomena that allows remote viewing, for example. And that, that's a big thing with Russell Targ's movie coming out here recently, et cetera. In fact, in, we can move away from the, the physics of that because it's rather complicated. But while, while I mention it, Brooks, what is your take and explanation for phenomena such as remote viewing uh, in light of this you know, perspective on quantum communication and the ability to communicate not only across space, but also time? Well, time is basically what we're talking about with, with the E8 lattice and, and uh, the Gossett polynomial. And I had a good friend of mine I spoke with several years ago. His name was Dr. Ed Close, wrote a great book called um, Transcendental Physics. And we were talking one night and he explained to me his theory of the photon. He said, picture a pitcher on the pitching mound in baseball. And he hurls the ball, but there's no path for the ball from the pitcher's hand to the catcher's glove. It just appears instantly in the catcher's glove. And I said, so, I mean, what are you trying to say here? I mean, you're trying to say if I go out at night and I look up at the star, you know, Arcturus, and I wonder how bright it is in the sky, and I think, wow, the photons generated by that star had to survive for eight and a half years through space and miss colliding with anything else so it could reach Earth and strike the rods and cones in my eye so I can behold Arcturus. And he said, well, that's your point of view. But from the point of view of the photon, at the speed of light, time becomes zero. Or if you really want to look at the equation the right way, mass becomes infinity, which means the entire universe is still the singularity from the viewpoint of the photon. The Big Bang never happened to it. It is human consciousness that has slowed the universe down so that we can behold the third dimension. We're the creators with our observation of the third dimension. And the third dimension exists as an average reality that's created by all the sentient beings in the universe. And that makes pure mathematical sense to me. But it also means that if we can become aware and we can actually behold the universe from the speed of light, everything becomes local to us again. And we can remember it and then bring it back to the past where we are. I don't know if our folks in the audience are familiar with Joseph Campbell, but listening to you, uh, Brooks, is very similar on a philosophical level that, of the work of uh, of Joseph Campbell and his idea of what eternity is. And he's always said that eternity isn't a time, eternity isn't a long time, 
Eternity is the experience right here and now on Earth. And if you don't get it here, you don't get it anywhere, right? So that strongly reinforces philosophically the science that you just laid out. And I think that's a great synchronicity between the two camps. I was uh, having dinner with Jay-Z Knight one night. Uh, I, don't, I know you, if you know who Jay-Z Knight is. And she's, she's kind of built a, um, an empire on creating your own reality and, make, and helping people live in the now. And I was discussing that with her one night. And I said, so tell me you know, what you think the now is. And, and we can talk about quantum mechanics on a, on a fairly uh, same level, although alcohol is definitely involved the thing about now is we don't know how fast now goes in the universe and we don't know where it is so if we can't locate its position and we can't tell how fast it's going it isn't really measurable to us which means from a scientific point of view it doesn't exist so now is not really something that we can quantify so i proposed a different measurement I said, what about, we don't call it now anymore. What about if we call it a moment? Now, a moment is measurable, although it has all kinds of different sizes. A moment can be an hour. A moment can be a second. A moment can be shared. A moment can be individual. And really, the most rewarding mortal lives are ones that are only made of moments, one after the other. And that's the way I've tried to live my life. Brooks, I, you're preaching the choir, bro, because for me, a moment is the increment of time that consciousness determines a unit, right? Yeah. That's exactly right. And, and, and anyway, no further, you know, I would encourage our audience to ask more questions on the forum about this and we can continue down that road. But I think that's a very important point to make at this point, you know, as far down the river as we are, et cetera. Yeah. Gene, how are you doing? I'm still here enjoying the scientific byplay <laughs> as we well, pursue well, this, because after all the wackiness we read about I, hollow earth, this is certainly a change. After I relocated to the South, you hear all these colloquialisms. And one of my friends said, let's go down and get a mass, mess of catfish. I said, what is a mess of catfish? He said, oh, that's all you can eat at one sitting. That makes perfect sense to me. So a moment is just a mess. It's all you can behold at one time. Well, that's kind of like the Paracast. Gene, you can edit that out, man. It was just a joke. Um, (laughs) It is a joke only in your opinion. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. There you go. See, I got got you beat there. Some of the rest of this... um, uh, uh, particularly of the birther legend and, you know, the, the idea of the two are separating. But Brooks, you've come up with, you know, your explanation for this is rooted in a, in a lot of lore, et cetera. And we've been kind of skirting around the two earth thing throughout this conversation. But let's just go ahead and put this notion to bed in case there's some listeners that are want the closure of that particular story. So, again, before we do that. Let's have a cliffhanger. We will explore two Earths and more. Not Earth 1 and Earth 38, by the way, as they say in the comic book TV shows. Brooks, Mark and Gene, you're in. The Paracast.
are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. A charter plane carrying 143 people who were traveling from Cuba to North Florida ended up in a river at the end of a runway at the Naval Air Station in Jacksonville late on Friday. Base Commander Captain Mike Connor says the outcome could have been much worse. It is a miracle. Uh, I could have ended very, we could be talking about a different story this evening, so I think there's a lot to say about, uh, you know, the professionalism of the folks that helped the passengers off the airplane. According to South Korea, North Korea has test-fired several short-range missiles from the country's eastern coast. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders says they are closely monitoring the situation. On Wall Street, the Dow is up 197 points, the Nasdaq up 127. This is USA Radio News. There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50 Plus. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-399-6392. 1-800-399-6392. That's 1-800-399-6392. If you feel you've been lied to, pressured, or misled into buying your timeshare, you have the right to cancel completely. This is Steve Sanchez, and I'd like to introduce you to Wesley Financial Group, the leading top-rated timeshare cancellation company in the country. That's right, no more excessive fees or lifetime commitments that make you feel like you're serving a prison sentence. Founded by CEO Chuck McDowell, a pioneer in the industry who went into federal court and won against the largest timeshare resort company in the world just to help you get out of your timeshare. Too good to be true? No. Countless 
testimonials and the highest ratings from the Better Business Bureau make Wesley Financial Group the real deal and their money-back guarantee they put in writing makes them the Steve Sanchez choice for successfully canceling your timeshare guaranteed. To get their free information kit, call 1-800-475-1919. That's 1-800-475-1919 or visit them at timesharecancellations.com. That's 1-800-475-1919. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, Mark, you are going to pose a question. Two Earths. Two questions or one? It's it's one question, but I just, uh, you know, we brought it up a couple of times and then we're getting towards the end of the segments here. But again, Brooks, the whole birth, you know, legend, and then more specifically, mechanically, how does this work where the earth comes together? You know, we have the water inside of the bucket with the marbles, but then there's a dissociation as well. And I know we're kind of going into more of a religiosity sort of uh, lane when we explain this. However, this does, you know, your theory does line up very, very closely with many of the ancient uh, stories, you know, in the legends from different uh, civilizations, et cetera. So anyway, if you could just wrap up the two earth thing for us, I think that would be interesting to, to finish. Well, the 44 ancient cultures almost universally agreed that earth was made of at least two components, this higher vibrational earth, lower vibrational earth, and that they existed together as a kind of living thing. And if, if you just look at what we define a living thing as, you know, being able to respirate, being able to protect itself against toxins, being able to tend towards stasis, Earth qualifies. Not all planets do, but Earth does. So we, we played off of this idea that Earth is actually a living thing, not like, you know, a jellyfish, but a different form of life. And that at some point, the life was going to separate just the way our energy that makes up our spirit leaves our physical body. Physical body is almost identical to other physical bodies as far as the chemicals and proteins that it takes to make it function. But it's the spirit inside that animates it, that gives it its its personality, that generally governs its shape and its behavior. That leaves. And many, many traditions believe that that intelligence can go into another body and another one and another one thousands of times until that spirit gains tremendous experience and overcomes everything and then like according to revelation it becomes a pillar of heaven to go no more out but that being said what we theorized is that someday very soon the two planets will begin coming apart and it's not just the planet that comes apart it's also the race of mankind that comes apart as well we have a lot of indications of this in a lot of writings uh, not just the Bible, but also in the Book of Enoch, also in uh, the Kabbalah and in the Quran. A lot of traditions talk about this. So 
basically what we have is a race of mankind that can vibrate at this higher frequency. Call it a love frequency. Call it a Christ frequency. It has nothing to do with religion. It has to do with a capacity to love, a capacity to have empathy, to care for one another. And that race of mankind goes with the higher vibrational earth. The beings who are left behind in the other earth, and we already have had a series out that was very popular called Left Behind, so people already resonate with this, but they didn't address the people that left because they had this religiosity way of looking at it. I don't. I'm saying that spirits in their bodies will divide just the same way as the planet does. And that's precisely why at this point, there are almost 8 billion of us alive on this planet at one time. More people are alive now on the planet than have ever died. And we have this consciousness symbiotic relationship with this body called Earth. And Earth is getting ready to go through this metamorphosis. We, we call it in the books, the union of the polarity. This is what all the ancients called it, the union of the polarity. And that someday, at the end of the age, these two bodies will come apart. And the higher vibrational Earth will go back through the rift in the Milky Way to its home on the other side of the galaxy. Some call it Kolob, some call it Heaven, whatever you want to call it. It's well described in a lot of writings. So is this similar to the ions and the, you know, the entanglement? Or is this sort of... The, the higher vibrational earth and the lower earth linked in some way, do you think? Or is this a coincidence? Well, I think they're cohabitating right now mm -hmm. uh, by direction. If you look at the creation of higher Adam on another world, let's, let's call that world Eden, at some point it became corrupted. And so the higher vibrational Eden fell to be a terrestrial or a lower vibrational world. Physically, that meant that that world was sent through space, through a wormhole or through some passageway to blend with this earth around this sun in this part of the Milky Way galaxy. And that process took about seven months to complete, which is about how long Noah's Ark was at sea. Okay, so explain that, extrapolate on that that numerical coincidence? What, what is the connection then between Noah and this higher vibration? Well, I think that up to Noah, both races existed on that world because you had Adam and Eve and their progeny, but part of that progeny was Cain, and Cain was of this lower vibration. Well, Cain eventually you know, had to also have offspring, but there was nobody else in existence except for Lower Adam over in the land of Nod. So when the two Earths came together, Cain took a wife in Nod and they began having offspring with a different DNA line, a different genetic line than the rest of the planet. And today, here we are, I don't know, several thousand generations later, the race of mankind is pretty well stratified. But it was prophesied then, and we're witnessing it now, that this grand division is occurring. The separation of these vibrational levels of mankind is happening right before our eyes. We're witnessing it.
So, Brooks, are you saying that there is some sort of DNA? In other words, the way that the physical body it becomes an antenna attracts a more uh, lower level vibration. And then there's a physiology that naturally attracts as a higher, or does the spirit affect the DNA in your model where that then creates the antenna, so to speak for the rest of a person's life, for example. That's a very good question. In Genesis, we learn about a, a creation process where souls are matched up with or spirits are matched up with bodies to create the human being we know from genesis that that connector is called the well of souls and ostensibly the way the story goes these are the spirits that fought in a pre-mortal war a war in heaven i don't know how that war was fought but we know what the result was a third of the host of heaven was cast out and two-thirds stayed behind. The two-thirds that stayed behind come through the well of souls. The third that was cast out, they have to come to earth another way. The only way that they can get past the enmity that was placed on the seed of Eve is to come into a body that has the DNA or the genetic components that allow it to take a physical body without going through the well of souls. They cheated, as they do in all worlds, and they worked their way around it. And these souls are born evil. They're born killers. They get joy out of seeing people in pain. It makes them happy to kill. They get elated when they see people bleed or die in front of them. You cannot save people like that. And that is just the soul inside that body. But that body has to have that genetic component or that soul, that spirit's not going in that body because of the rules, because of enmity. We cannot change the rules when it comes to breaks. But we have one more segment with Brooks Agnew. Gene and Mark, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com.
Many people believe they don't control their own destiny. Let them continue just getting by while you make the choice to do something about your future. Imagine working from home, earning the income you deserve. Just visit startlivingyoung.com and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Discover Juness, a state-of-the-art global health company with over a billion a year in sales. They'll provide all the tools you need to succeed. Visit startlivingyoung.com today and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Your destiny awaits at startlivingyoung.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with an SPF of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. So Mark Jackson's our guest co-host this week. He will also be joining us on After the Paracast, where Brooks Agnew has been forced with a big, thick <laughs> rope from the 14th dimension. You had a good question. And what was that question again? You asked me. Well, it was about the uh, physical vessel and the relationship between the spirit and DNA. And, and I think you did a really good job of explaining that, Brooks. Thank you. Well, the question was, I think that was partially asked was, how did those vessels end up on this planet? Yes. You'll recall, and this is, this is just one of many stories, but you'll recall that in the book of Genesis, Adam was built. He was engineered from this planet 
a lot of people maintain that he didn't even have a belly button. He was an engineered being and the breath of life was breathed into him and not really sure how that science is done, but someday we may. In any case, Adam existed for a long time, an entire day in the book of Genesis, which could be one day, it could be a thousand years, it could be 10,000 years, we don't really know. It was a long time. Almost at the end of that day, the gods say, look, Adam is by himself down there on Eden. I think we should make a helpmeet for him. But they didn't want to start over again, building it from the dirt. They already had a good model, so they just put him to sleep, took a rib, and they cloned a woman from him. We can do that today. We can change sex of of beings, all the information there in the bone marrow to do that. So Eve is then created not as a complete being, you know, hand-built on the table, but built as a fetus, placed into the womb of surrogate mother, born, raised, and then brought to Adam as a young adult woman. And God asks Adam, what will you call her? And Adam doesn't hesitate because he's named all the animals on the earth already. Eve, he says. And God says, why? Why would you call her Eve? And he says something that most people overlook. Because she is the mother of all living. And God responds and says, that's right, because she is the mother of all living. Now, we know, of course, because we've studied the human genome and all genomes all around the world for a number of years now, we realize that man is not all that much different from a cabbage. I mean, we share a lot of the same DNA. Now, you could say that everything on the earth shares man's DNA, or you could say man shares everything else's DNA. Excuse me for a second. Either way, Eve and Adam are then in Eden, and they're not together. They're apart. We don't know why. We don't know how big Eden is. Maybe Eden's the size of a planet. Maybe it's a continent. We don't know. Lucifer comes to Earth knowing the way things have been done on other worlds, and he goes first to Adam. And he says something, words of the effect of, hey, great new world. Here's my plan. Of course, Adam being very wise, being around for a long time, having conversed directly with God for a long, long time, is into the game. He knows what's going on. He tells Lucifer, why don't you uh, go somewhere else? And so he does. He goes looking for Eve. Now, Eve is at a disadvantage. She has none of the training. She hasn't had any conversations with God. She's only had a few conversations with Adam. And Lucifer, it says in the scriptures, he beguiles her. But many believe that he actually seduced her. And when he did, she realized that she was undone. So she ran to Adam and said, I'm undone. The serpent beguiled me, and now I'm going to be cast out of the garden, and you're going to be left alone. And Adam said, no, 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 that's, that's not going to happen. You see, I love you so much. I will fall with you. And so he also has relations with Eve, and now she is pregnant, two souls, Abel and Cain. Cain being the seed of Lucifer and Abel being the seed of Adam. They're born together. Cain kills Abel, and thus the seed of Lucifer is introduced to the human race. Wow, Brooks. So out of the 44 original cultures, is this a common story throughout them? Like, wh- how widespread is this? It, it is widespread as far as Immaculate Conception, as far sure. as 
the Croatian couple in the Popol Vuh, their twin boys that go separate ways. That's the Mayan uh, book. In uh, many ancient books, some of the individuals are born human, and then they undergo a sort of off-world process and change their DNA and become uh, a different kind of being that can be occupied by another spirit. Nebuchadnezzar is a good example of this, Gilgamesh. There are lots and lots of stories, not just Enoch, but also the Babylonian scripts, Egyptian scripts, and way, way South American Indian scripts that talk about giants that were offspring of uh, conscious, deliberate hybridization programs between beings that aren't from here and beings that are from here, namely the females. In fact, by the time you get out of the, I think, the sixth chapter of Genesis, you're introduced to five different races of beings, none of whom are from here. From your perspective, the Nephilim, et cetera, in that seduction of, uh, of what we call human women, you know, versus these other entities, and you can go all the way back to the Anunnaki, Sumerians, all that sort of stuff. But are we telling a literal story about an ET nuts and craft lore here? Or this has been so spiritual for the last few minutes here, but are we taking these stories literal or, or is your perspective more in this sort of, you know, religious or, or a spiritual realm? Religious and spiritual are quite a bit different, but I no, mean, I'm sorry. Thank you for that, Brooke. You're exactly right. Spiritual, strictly spiritual. Yeah, I think I think we're talking about a literal history that was interpreted the best way the record keepers of that day could keep them. And whether they are off-worlders, which I think they are, there's no question in anyone's mind that planet Earth is the greatest show in the universe. Mm. And the best souls in the universe come here to have a mortal life. This is not an out-of-the-way place. This is the focal place of this universe. There are rules, though. I don't know why uh, those rules cannot be broken. Maybe it's because the rewards uh, all become illegitimate and the creator then resets the clock and starts over again. But the clock is ticking. And we're watching the results of these different classes of souls fighting every day on our planet. We're witnessing it. And it's not like they were convinced to be this way. They made an oath and a covenant to be that way. And you cannot change them. Brooks Agnew, please tell our listeners if they want to know more about the things you do. And there are many things you do. Where do they go? Easiest place to go is brooksagnew.com, brooksagnew.com, all the books, all the poetry, all the films, my radio program, all my public appearances are listed there. And by the way, it's almost like they say in the James Bond films, Brooks Agnew will be back. He'll be back on After the Powercast, where we'll talk about breakaway civilizations. We also have William Puckett here to preview his segment on After the Powercast this week. Well, three sightings, uh, one of a flying saucer near Athol, Idaho, and another one of a solid red-orange circles appeared and disappeared over the ocean near Berlin, Maryland, and then a large garage door object that was seen falling out of an aircraft and disappearing over Bell, West Virginia. Can't wait. It's going to be on After the Paracast. You can find us, by the way, on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. On Facebook, we have a group and a community, and they're being revitalized as we speak. 
if you want to get branded merchandise, and we've got a lot of it now, t-shirts and stuff, at theparacast.store. Theparacast.store. Let me tell you about After the Paracast, which Brooks will be on for this week. After the Paracast is a special show only available if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus. We also give you a version of this show that's free of the network ads. Free of the network ads. Enhanced audio. We even hear the background noise even better on that. To get more information, go to plus.theparacast.com. Plus.theparacast.com. Prices begin at just $1.49 a week, which I think is a lot cheaper than what it costs to buy one coffee at Starbucks, maybe half as much. Give up the coffee at Starbucks. Subscribe to the Paracast Plus. They're not listening. Plus.theparacast.com. Brooks Agnew. This is only the beginning. Fascinating, fascinating discussion. And I wish you luck in getting that voyage together. Thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you very much. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.